Let's dive into God's Word. We're in a series called Reset. When we reset something, we're setting it back to its original purpose, its original intent, its original design. This week, my phone stopped working. It shut off. It was fully charged, and it wouldn't come back on. And I'm like, oh no, this is a new phone. This is not good. Maybe there's something, maybe I can get a new one. And I went to the store, they pressed some buttons, and it worked. I said, why, why does it work for you and not for me? And they said, well, you needed a hard reset on this one. And so that's kind of what we're doing this first part of a new year. We're doing a hard reset in our life. Because when you reset something, it goes back to its original purpose, and it works the way that it's supposed to work. And in this series, we're not talking about things like phones. We're talking about our soul. We're talking about something much deeper. We've prayed some prayers this year since we began. We first said, Jesus, reset my heart. Make my faith pleasing to you, Jesus. I, I want to know you, Jesus. I, I want to be a man or woman after your own heart. And then we prayed, Jesus, reset my mind. Reset my thinking. So, Jesus, I can think like you want me to think. I can think according to your word. And then we said, Jesus, reset my voice. I don't want to be talking about myself. I want to be talking about you, Jesus. And today we're going to talk about Jesus resetting our hands. How do we live this out? And so as we begin, I'm going to ask you just very simply to close your eyes and just stretch out your hands as we pray. Would you just do that with me? And I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, reset my hands. Amen. Luke chapter 5. We're going to begin at verse 17. It says, One day Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord, or the, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, and they tried to take him into the house and lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them and took what he had been lying on, and he went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. If you've been a Christian any length of time, maybe you were born into a Christian family and you went to Sunday school, no doubt 
you've heard the story over and over again. And it can become a routine story. You probably knew the story as soon as I started reading. But what I'm going to ask you to do today is go back into that moment. Forget that you've ever heard that story before. And there are these guys that are so passionate about seeing their friend healed that they were willing to be their friend's hands and feet. And they were so determined to see Jesus, they literally brought the house down. They so deeply cared about their friend. And they so deeply believed in Jesus and that Jesus could heal him. When they show up, they find out the place where Jesus is. It's completely packed out. There's no way to get in. But they're not deterred. They jump on the roof and begin to pull the beams back until there's an opening where they can lower their friend down. Can you imagine that moment? Could you imagine all of a sudden workers starting to open up and something you know, starts lowering their friend down in front of Jesus? He finally comes down at the feet of Jesus. They loved their friend so much that they would do whatever it took to get their friend to Jesus. They would do whatever it took to get their friend to to Jesus. So think about this story and imagine it. I, I, I love this story. But I know Jesus loves this story even more. Because Jesus loves our faith. I want to tell you today, I, I look at our church family and I love our church family. I love it when I hear stories from somebody that says, I've been inviting a friend or I've been praying for a friend to come to church year after year after year, and they're not giving up. And it's so glorious when God answers that prayer, but they're not going to give up. They're going to get their friend to Jesus. Or when we see the worship team or a lot of the behind-the-scenes people show up for church hours early to make sure everything is set so that we can be ushered in to the presence of the Lord. I love watching our kids' pantry and Friday food day teams come and they minister to those in need in our community. I love it on a Saturday night as I watch our Awana workers, adults who may have had a really hard week, walk through the door and they head upstairs to lead our children to Jesus. I love talking with our prison ministry folks that Go and visit the inmates and bring Jesus into the prisons. I love those who hear about a need and they go directly to their bank account. And they take out what they can to help meet the needs. I love reading through the missions booklet that we have, looking at men and women and family who have literally given up everything to go somewhere in the world where they need Jesus. I could go on and on and on about our church family. Many of you who would just rather stay anonymous, they don't want their praises sung. They just, whether it be a Saturday, Sunday, or throughout the week, they just are happy to care and love and serve as Jesus does. I believe that we are the hands and feet of Jesus, and I'm encouraged when I look around 
our church. And when we choose to live this way of bringing our friends to Jesus, being Jesus to this world, we're joining Him in His work to free those who are in bondage, to restore those who have been lost, to embrace those who have been despised and encourage those who have been beaten down. We understand when we're the hands and feet of Jesus that Jesus is the only way. That He is the truth. That He is the life. That He is the answer to whatever problems this world has. Whatever we'll encounter, Jesus alone is the answer. And so there's going to be a phrase on the screen and I want you to write this down. There is no one you know that is better off without Jesus. There's no one you know that is better off without Jesus. This is our calling to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And when we think about it, there's three questions that come up. And I'm going to give you these questions, and we're going to answer them quickly before our time for communion. But these are questions that come up. Number one, why? Why would anyone do that? I mean, don't we have enough problems in our life that... We don't need to start adding other people's problems to our life. With so many needs, who are we supposed to help? There's billions of people in the world and there's so much trouble around us. Who are we to help? And the third question is, what does help entail? When will I know that I've helped enough? When will I know that I've done my job? To answer that, I'm going to look at Galatians chapter 5. And so if you want to turn there, you can do that quickly as we answer these questions from Galatians chapter 5. We're going to begin at verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Why would anyone want to be a servant? Again, don't I have enough trouble to, and I don't want to add other people's troubles to my life, but if you look at what Paul says here, he says, you've been set free. But what is your freedom for? And Paul answers and he says, we have been set free in order to serve one another. We've been set free in order to serve. It'll be on the screen. We are freed up to love. We are freed up to serve. We are freed up to give. We are freed up to care. Jesus saved you. He has called you. He has freed you up to live your life for others. As we go on in Galatians chapter 5, picking it up at verse 16, it says, so I say, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul says we've been set free in order to serve others. 
He says that you are now walking by the Spirit. You're not walking by the flesh. How do we know that we're walking by the Spirit and not by the flesh? He gives us a list. These things are not the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is coming up later in Galatians chapter 5. He says the the fruit of the flesh, if you will, are all these things like sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, witchcraft, hatred, uh, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, all these things. And when we look at that list the first time, we say, well, I'm pretty good, right? I'm not doing a lot of those things, if any of those. Those are really bad things. I didn't go to the orgy this week. I didn't, you know, do this. I, I, I said no. No, I'm just kidding. But no, seriously, we look at a list like this and we think, hey, we're doing pretty good. The problem is I left one out that's right in the middle. And this one gets me every time. And I bet you it gets you as well. He says selfish ambition. Selfishness. See, if we were really honest, we'd say, I like convenience. I like comfort. I like being content. I don't want to have to pay the cost. I don't want to, I, I, sometimes when I think about serving others and, and giving my life away, I get scared. You, you may say, Pastor Darrell, I'm not a people person. I, I I really don't want to do this, and, and what if I do help and it doesn't work out and I waste all that time or all that money or all that energy, it's, it's all gone for nothing. So why don't I just let someone else do it? That's probably the biggest, right? Someone else will do it. Listen to me. You have been set free to serve. You have been set free to love your neighbor as yourself. And let me tell you, when you serve, you're going to get so much more in return than whatever you gave away. I promise you that. I know so many people that have given, but they've received so much more. Somebody goes to the mission field, and they're going to go help somebody over there on the other side of the world, and they come back and they say, I've received so much more than I ever gave. The reason is because you were created to serve. That's why we do it. We've been set free in order to serve, in order to love our neighbor as ourself. The second question is, with so many needs, who am I supposed to help? With so many needs, who are we supposed to help? We don't have time today, but I'm going to give you a passage of Scripture. It's Luke chapter 10. You can go back and read it. And the reason I'm, I'm not even going to go there today is because you already know Luke chapter 10. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. They're asking Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? If I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself, who's my Neighbor, and we know what Jesus tells them in that story, right? I don't need to tell you the story. You're like, everyone around you is your neighbor. And so this is what we're supposed to do. Who's our neighbor? It's time to look around and see. It's time to look around our real neighborhoods. It's time to look around our homes and our workplaces and our schools to look around, who can I serve? Chances are, in, in your neighborhood or the building that you live in, there are probably some immigrants in your, your neighborhood that are your neighbors. There might be some refugees that live nearby you, and they may be really scared right now. It's time to be their neighbor. It's time to love them. It's time to start paying attention to the people around us and serving them. And when you start paying attention, God will open your eyes. I'm, I'm almost ashamed to tell this story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. 
Because I remember when they came to me and they, they, the, the kids' pantry uh, gals that came to me and said, well, I think we need to start this pantry for our area. And here's literally what I thought. This is how naive I was. I was like, we live in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. We're not the inner city. I mean, who, who has needs around here? The dumbest question ever asked. Because when the doors opened, we began to see the need. And then all of a sudden, I realized that we live in a community of need. It really doesn't matter wherever you're at. When you say, God, show me where you want me to serve. Show me who you want me to love. Show me who you want me to be a neighbor to. All of a sudden, you're going to begin to see things that maybe you didn't want to see. And maybe you never saw before. But Jesus is telling us, open your eyes all around you. Open your eyes and see who you can help. The third question is, how are we to love? How are we to help? When will we know that we've helped enough? Well, Paul tells us, Jesus told us, you love your neighbor as yourself. You love your neighbor like you love yourself. What happens when you feel threatened? When, when you have a need? Well, you sit up, you take notice, you begin to act. You take action, you speak up, you react passionately. And so Jesus is saying, well then, do the same for them. For your neighbor, for the people around you, the people that need you, that need you to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Love them well. Serve them well. Serve them like you were serving yourself. Serve them like you were serving your very own family. The example we have uh, on how to do this is God himself. And I'm going to give you a final scripture here this morning, and it comes from Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Jesus gave up everything for you and me. Nothing was too hard for him. God the Father gave His one and only beloved, only begotten Son for us. He was willing to give up everything. And when we got Jesus, it says, He graciously gave us all things. So in Christ, we have been given all things. And so if we've been given all things, now we give and we serve and we invest and we show up and we love and we care as Jesus would. I tell my boys all the time, since they were, were little guys, and now that they're teenagers, I preach it even stronger, and that's this, live a big life. I tell them that over and over and over again. Live a big life. You may say, well, what's a big life? Well, it's that. It's on the screen. A life is big when it's bigger than you. A life is big when it's bigger than you. Jesus is saying, I need you to be my hands and my feet to this world. There are people all around you that need me. Do whatever it takes to get them to me. Be Jesus to this world. There's four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. There's a fifth Gospel, actually, and that's your life. You are telling the story of Jesus when you name his name, when you tell people you're a Christian. 
You're telling the story of Jesus just like Matthew, Mark, and Luke did. The problem is that most people in this world will never read the first four Gospels. The only Gospel they're going to read is your life. And are you bringing the people around you to Jesus? Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me today as we prepare ourselves for communion? As we prepare ourselves for prayer? And today we pray once again, Jesus, reset my hands. May my hands be your hands. May my feet be your feet. May my heart be your heart. May my mind be your mind. May my voice be your voice. With your head bowed and your eyes closed as we prepare to pray together through a song. Imagine in this moment of quiet prayer right now, imagine Jesus saying to you, if you let me reset your heart, your faith will be pleasing to me. If you let me reset your mind, your thoughts will be pleasing to me. If you let me reset your voice, your words will be pleasing to me. And if you let me reset your hands, your actions will bring me honor every day. Imagine living like that. And then imagine the day when you see Jesus and he says, well done, beloved. Well done. Come, be with me forever. We long for that day. Jesus, we ask you to reset our hands. Jesus, we ask, God, uh, for you to be with us today. We ask for the courage to obey. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you may come, that we may not have the fruit of the flesh, but rather the fruit of the Spirit in our life, that we may share it with everyone around. We thank you, Jesus, today. And now, Jesus, we begin by remembering you. Would you stand this morning, and we're going to sing a song that's a prayer uh, as the men and women get ready to serve, um, but we're going to sing this song as a prayer to the Lord this morning. so good to have our children back in with us for communion time. I'm going to ask Pastor uh, Dan and Kelly Spencer, both who serve on our pastor's council, to come and 
uh, help me to serve uh, communion this morning. I'm going to ask the men and women uh, that will be helping us to, to come forward at this time. And uh, what's going to happen is they're uh, just going to be at every aisle. So go ahead and, and start uh, getting in position. And, and uh, we're going to let you connect with God as we sing this song. Um, we're not a formal church where we come out by rows. Just whenever you're ready to come out, whenever you're ready to come forward to hold that bread and that cup in your hands. And, and um, let me just tell you this morning, remember Romans 8.32, that God gave up Jesus for us. He didn't hold anything back. He never will. He never would have. He, he loves you so much. And so just remember that, that as you offer yourself to God, that He first offered Himself to you. He came and He died on a cross for your sin, the sins that separate you from God. I'm just going to encourage you to, to hold the bread and the cup and to say thank you, Jesus. And then be reminded that He is now asking you to be Jesus to this world. And so as we worship this morning, when you're ready, uh, step out of your seat and come. And uh, we'll just spend some time worshiping the Lord together. Take my love, Lord. Take my will, Lord. Take. 
God, we are grateful this morning that you, did, you didn't spare your own son, but you gave him up for us all. Jesus, we're grateful this morning that the pain and the torture of the cross, of coming to this earth incarnate, to be with us, to die on a cross. Jesus, you even said to your disciples and you say to us today that you didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give your life as a ransom for many. And so Lord, today we are grateful as we remember that you came and you died on the cross for our sin. And now we know forgiveness, we know life, we, knew, we know power. But Lord, we also know your example. And so just as you gave your life, Jesus, as we hold the bread and the cup and remember you, we say, take my life. Take my hands. Take my feet. Take my mind. Take my voice. Take my heart. Take all that I have and all that I am and use it for your glory. Jesus, may we do whatever it takes. May we believe so deeply in you that we will bring everyone we know to your feet to know you. Thank you, Jesus, this morning. The Bible says that the Lord Jesus in the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Remembering Jesus together today, let's partake. Thank you, Jesus. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Remembering Jesus together this morning, let's partake. Forever, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Would you stand and sing that one more time? Jesus, take my life. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take Jesus. I'm looking at followers of Jesus who are a mighty army for him to share uh, Jesus with everybody that you meet this week. You may be seated for just a moment before we receive the blessing this morning and um, 
We do this once a month whenever we receive communion. We take an extra offering at the end of the service. Um, and we do this, uh, it's an offering for those that are in need, for those that are, are poor, that are among us. And so uh, this is an above and beyond offering. I don't want anyone to feel any obligation to give in this offering. But if you would like to, and this is, boy, talk about just living out the message that we just heard. If you would like to give something, if God's blessed you, you have a little money in your budget to help other people, everything given in this offering goes to help those in need. There's many in our church family that have needs, but there's also people in our community. Once in a while, we hear about a need on the other side of the world, but all of this offering is given to those in need, those that uh, may be struggling right now. And uh, it's your opportunity to help them. And so uh, if you want to today, if you are struggling and going through a difficult time, please don't feel any obligation to give. Maybe you need to call and get some help. Uh, feel free to do that as well, because we want to be able to help in any way that we can. Um, but uh, again, you can just use the offering envelopes in front of you, and everything in this offering goes to help those in need. Men and women, come forward and let's pray. God, thank you once again uh, for the opportunity to serve you, to be your hands and your feet. And so, Jesus, we, we don't know exactly who we're giving this money to right now, but Jesus, we know we're giving this money to you and that you are going to meet some needs in people's lives, some very real needs. And so, uh, Jesus, we give with grateful hearts and cheerful hearts to you. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your plan in this world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you give this morning, uh, just before you go, I'm going to invite uh, Damon to come down. Can we just say thank you to Damon once again for leading us in worship this morning? Uh, Damon travels uh, all over the world and leads worship, although this is his church home, so whenever he's in town, he's always here and and uh, he just put out a brand new CD. He also has a, a great devotional book as well, but a brand new CD. And uh, these, these are not easy to put out. There's a, there's a lot that goes into that. But um, uh, I wanted to tell you a little bit about it. I just want to tell you that I have both of these things, and I use them. And especially the CD, because we just got that. That just came out. Um, I just put that in my office, and I just put it on repeat and just play it all day, because I want the atmosphere of heaven wherever I am. And so it's a, it's a great, uh, great thing to put in your car, your home, or at work, uh, in your iPod. But uh, I'll give those back to you. But yeah, oh, you don't have a mic. There's the mic. Um, yeah, just let people know uh, a little bit about the CD, how God's using that. And oh, I forgot to, he's celebrating 10 years in full-time ministry of traveling. And I'm going to tell you, that takes faith to follow God in that way. And so thank you. This CD uh, is a perfect testimony of what he preached on this morning because this is five years in the making, trusting God to bring everything to pass, to make it all come to this right now. Hmm. And um, this CD, if I had to pay for it, would have cost me about $43,000. Hmm. But God provided a free studio. Hmm. All I had to pay was $5,000. That's God. Yep. He made this thing entirely possible. And, and I said last night, if God has given you a dream, a purpose, don't ever give up on it. It may take a little time, but you know what? During the five years, he was giving me new songs and new melodies so I could put this into a CD. So this message this morning is what I'm living every That's day. Right. I love it. Yeah, Damon's living a big